Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I have another principles episode for you guys, and it is a meta principles episode because it is principles about principles and specifically principles versus process and why we choose to do some of the things that we do with the podcast and uh, our agency and you know that kind of stuff, education, blah, blah, blah. You know, we made a lot of choices on this stuff over the years. One of the things that we've famously done within the agencies have a very, very strict exclusivity policy. That's been something that's left a ton of money on the table for us, but uh, it's something that I kind of did for moral reasons at the beginning, but I'll get into why. I think it is something that makes a ton of sense. It's kind of crystallized for me in the last couple of months. And then another thing is why we teach principles in this podcast for the most part versus hacks, tips, the latest and greatest with blah, blah, blah. I do whenever we have something that's more of like a topical news episode, I'm kind of thinking of some ones we had to review recently around changes with Google, changes with Facebook, how these things work. Uh, I try to always stick away from the speeds and feeds and, and basically into things that can be extrapolated into the future, try to make stuff a little bit more evergreen uh, and always try to teach you guys not what the issue of the day is, but what issues you can expect based on motivations from players such as these ad networks, et cetera, et cetera. But it's something I've always focused on, one, because I think it's really important to make sure that content's evergreen. And I think it's kind of wasteful trying to relearn things all the time. So going back to this uh, this issue, and this is something that I see all the time. This is kind of funny. I ended up seeing this from a person who's a former shark on Shark Tank uh, throwing his hat in the legal marketing ring. I think I saw something for electrical leads the day after. So it's it's kind of interesting to see that the money is trying to pour into this space. But it was, you know, 50 marketing hacks, this or that. Um, the, I actually downloaded the, the PDF, which is kind of funny. It was like, advertise on Google. Like, Great. That's awesome. Super valuable. But anyway, uh, I'll get into why these things are something to probably avoid in the future other than they're inherently uses for the most part. But the truth is, even when you have process that is absolutely dynamite and gangbusters, it starts dying the minute it becomes available. And the faster the person who's owning that process markets it, and this is kind of getting to my issue with information marketing within the space, the less valuable it gets. So I want to tell the story of a group that I was a part of. And uh, you guys, I don't know how much I talk about this on the podcast, but you know, like you guys probably do, we invest in mentors, we invest in coaching programs, systems process, experts, consultants, you get it, right? There's a huge group, which I'm, I'm not going to name. And these guys are making a huge wave in the social media agency space a couple of years ago. I ended up getting into this through a friend of a friend who was part of a coaching program that I was from years prior. But we ended up getting on this pretty early and it was super fascinating to see how things ended up going. So when I hopped in, there were probably about 30, 40 people in this group. It was really awesome. The, the guys who ended up and the girls who ended up being in this group were, were all super big hitters. Uh, it was not a cheap program to enter. And we saw a bunch of people scaling up seven-figure businesses in pretty short order. Um, There's some really, really fresh stuff in this group. Uh, the ways that these guys were getting clients, the way that these guys thought about stuff like client success, they brought some fantastic people and there was just such a rising star that there was all this talent that was coming to not only participate in this group, but also you know get hired on the coaching side of things. And the connections kind of built on each other. It was really, really fantastic. And that was all really, really well and good until the, the group realized that in order to 
keep selling $10,000 packages. They kept having to find people. So all of a sudden things started to sort of hit this point of diminishing returns on a couple of different ways. So the email templates, the ad process, all this different stuff that, and I would actually characterize this group as being probably one of the biggest movers for getting social media advertising for agencies off the ground, which is kind of a terrible thing in retrospect, but like for the people that were there on the ground floor when it started, a lot of these guys were just doing cold email before I was one of them. But basically that whole approach to ads became really, really oversaturated really quickly. So all of a sudden we had these agencies that were competing nationwide that were competing for the same ad space using a lot of the same techniques. There was a lot of opportunity when it started, but when the group went from 50 to 100 to 500 people in this group, it became really, really hard to have ads. And it was kind of funny. In the beginning, there were these awards for hitting $100,000 months. Then, you know, they got smaller. There were people who started, I think by the end, they were awarding people for hitting $10,000 months. And the other reason for that is because after they had tapped out the players, the people who had been in this space for a while, they had to continue going down the pyramid. So they started off with people who already had existing agencies. They had to move down to people who had kind of crappy agencies, maybe people who were consulting or freelancing on the side. And then finally, they had to create demand for people who are, there's literally people who are in, you know, kids in high school and college who are dropping out to do this sort of thing now because there wasn't a way to keep selling 10K packages to people. And people who ended up coming in at 501st versus the first were, were in a completely different way. And the thing that stinks is that now the tactics and, and strategy that these guys were using, the marketing process, going back to the, the, the title of this, is something that is kind of almost par for the course. It's almost been priced into the market on these different things. And now what was once an advantage is now completely commoditized and there's almost no value in doing this. And this is kind of an issue with anything that's related to process. I'm speaking of personal experience, something that happened in the agency space, but we have all kinds of refugees coming from similar marketing process-based coaching programs that have a situation where something was really, really hot, but now there's 15 people in their market that are doing it or something really, really worked, but now it's priced out or it's expensive or it's no longer available. Or basically the success of the process becomes the demise of the process. So kind of going into this, I wanted to go through like a little bit of a cycle of how these things kind of work and, and maybe put a little context to this or structure to this story that I just told. But, you know, I kind of want to call this the cycle of marketing process and how these things ever happen. So one of the things I want to quote, there's a guy named Stuart Brand. Uh, he's on the Tim Ferriss podcast a bunch, but he uh, said this at HackerCon in 1984. And this is something that uh, people quote all the time, which is, you know, information wants to be free. It's really, really hard. And especially with marketing process to keep things under wraps because the very existing of it is out in the open, right? So first, most process with marketing starts out with a hypothesis that tests internally at some company. Maybe it's a law firm, maybe it's a coaching company, maybe it's you know an agency, you, know, you name it, right? And the test happens and then it ends up being a success. And if it becomes a success, then it becomes an internal best practice. That's the next level. Now, internal best practices can be leveraged either within a company and kept as a competitive advantage, or they can be taught. Generally, what we'll see from there is, is after it's, it's being used, it's getting taught to you know, either some sort of a done-for-you coaching or consulting kind of arrangement, usually, usually really high ticket, and we'll get into how how these things kind of evolve over time. But the next thing from there is lower ticket. This is where you can try to see things around the done with you coaching, consulting thing. This is the, you know, hey, 10K course, get the support, yada, yada, that kind of thing. And then finally, we get into the uh, the DIY or the low ticket stuff. This is the $10 webinar, the $5 ebook, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, this becomes stuff that's free content, right? So when you're seeing marketing process, again, process that's being given out as free content, chances are it's been absolutely stripped for parts and doesn't represent anything that is useful at that point, right? Um, and then generally, when it comes to process, 
there's an aspect where on the one side, people who have process generally know what it's worth. So uh, it makes all the sense in the world if you kind of think about this as an asset. If you're somebody who can develop process, you want to charge a bunch for it because you can. So that's kind of the first thing. But also the money becomes a barrier. So if you had the absolute gangbusters process and you're just giving it away, gangbusters marketing process and giving it away is going to become not gangbusters anymore. That's the sort of thing, right? So, but basically, yeah, in practice, you kind of see things going down this, this little cycle, right? And one of the things to kind of keep in mind too, and then going back to this, like, you know, the uh, 50 hacks, tips, blah, blah, blah thing. It's like, if we have something that's coming from a marketing process perspective and it's being given away, uh, you know, so that'll phrase, it's like, you know, if you're sitting down at the poker table and you don't know who the sucker is, chances are you might be it, right? So there's probably no possibility that something that's going to be free that re represents actual marketing process is going to be worth anything. One, because most likely people have already tried to juice the money they could extract from it. So if they're giving it away, it's probably useless. Two, if it did happen to be the real deal, then it wouldn't be the real deal for long because it's free and most people are going to be implementing it, right? So and yeah, there's a couple of interesting ways that, that we've seen this approach in the market. Like, I think it's actually good that a lot of these, you know, higher ticket coaching programs do maintain a higher ticket. It does make it a lot easier to do it. But um, this kind of comes to this dilemma, right? Where if we're talking about a situation where the primary thing that's being taught in a coaching program is marketing process that's competing in the free market and could involve your competitors, uh, the size is actually kind of a negative thing, right? It's, it's kind of a weird dilemma here. And the way that we ended up approaching this within our agency is all the process that we developed had as internal best practices. We just kept as internal best practices. We always essentially licensed the strategies that we developed to clients while we were working with them because basically we were able to turn it on and off and make sure that we didn't have people compete against each other. And this is why we're able to develop process and keep it for, you know, obviously iterating along the ways, but a lot of the core principles of what we've happened, we've we were able to, to keep going for years. And that's basically why we're doing it. I don't anticipate that changing anytime soon, but basically that's sort of the thing. So one kind of last twist that I want to introduce on this is basically, I don't want to say that teaching process is bad in and of itself. The real lever, the real determinant of whether it's worth investing your time and energy into, in my opinion, is does the process compete the market? Another thing to keep in mind, right? Why I think it's not productive to focus on buying marketing process is because the process, like I said, becomes invaluable marketing process loses value with time. And it basically requires new process to be made. That's sort of the game theory of it, right? So, you know, hypothetically, going back to that example, the playbook that you would need to launch an agency from scratch would be different and in a lot of ways, contrary or sort of a zig while everyone else zags to the stuff that's still being sold in the same price that it was three years ago, right? But there's process that doesn't compete in the market, right? I'm a huge fan of this stuff in general, but it's it's a process that doesn't change, right? So stuff like intake, stuff like operations, stuff like team building. And if you want to watch my feet instead of my lips, uh, that's the reason I'm writing my second book on intake while the first one was actually on process, right? So it might be a <laughs> little the reason why I've been thinking about this so much. But I think the huge opportunity here is stuff like community and non-competitive community, right? So community of based on marketing process is going to implode. People are going to be cagey. Um, I found myself being cagey in a lot of these groups while I was part of them. But community of what happens below the iceberg has no need to keep cards close to the chest. and 
a lot of the times it's it's going to thrive. So you know, I like to I love looking at stuff like um, you know EOS scaling up. Those are organizations that have been around for decades, and people are happy to share and happy to support because it's not taking food off each other's plate. They don't have to put their armor on, duke it out in the market with the stuff they're being taught. Again, if people can just assume that the marketing is going to happen on their own or they're going to figure out some other way to do it, then they're able to be sharing with how they're keeping their people happy or providing a better product for their client or making sure that more of those clients end up signing up. So basically, I think that's really the process that you want to invest in. The other thing too, is that that stuff doesn't change, right? I think when we're talking about stuff like closing, intake, human psychology, leadership, operations, that's ultimately based on human psychology. And those are the things that will change a lot slower. I know I'd, I'd argue on, you know, decades or, or millennia, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the fundamental stuff for job climates, right? Versus, you know, marketing strategies that can be here today, gone tomorrow. And again, like, you know, I always say this applies to sort of the flavor of the month stuff as well. Again, if is chat GBT the move? Yeah. But you know, if everyone's doing free courses on it, it's not going to be the move anymore. It's not going to be rare. It's not going to be valuable, right? So I just want you guys to think about that. And again, this is a principles-based podcast, and I try not to be specific on the process because the process is going to expire, right? Principles that we talk about all the time on this, market dynamics, behavioral economics, making sure that we have better offer than our competition, and investing in stuff that's a competitive advantage, that stuff does not change. So think about where you're investing your time, think about where you're investing your money, and don't get fooled by sexy out-of-the-box solutions. So uh, I'll let you guys think about that. Enjoy the rest of your week until there. And I'll see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.